Hey, welcome back to the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Yeah. Well, hey, you're about to listen to the Bitcoin Podcast announcements, and we got to tell you something. What's come to our attention, people didn't realize this, and we got to let you know, these are sponsored episodes, meaning that the participants that come on these episodes have paid to get access to you, and that's the way that works. So, featured on our network means that it's sponsored. So, um, we wanted to get that out in the open. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Here it is. Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Announcements. Today, we're going to change it up, and I'll be your host. I'm Dr. Corey Petty, and today's announcements, we are here with Adam Todd, the founder and CEO of Digitex Futures. Adam, why don't we start off by having you introduce yourself and um, letting our audience know kind of how you got into the space and uh, why you started using, thinking, joining the blockchain community. Sure. Uh, Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. For me, blockchain started off, well, really, I, I was a, a futures trader for years, very short term, uh, you know, like a scalper type. I did a lot of trades, very, very small profits, a lot of turnover. So commissions to me were always a very big deal. You know, even though I was paying very low commissions, commissions on trading were a massive, massive break on what I could do. They, they would turn, you know, winning days into big losing days sometimes. So for me, I'd always just had this thing in my mind that I wanted some kind of wanted to create some kind of exchange where you could trade for free without trading commissions. And it was kind of always a bit of a pipe dream. But when I discovered cryptocurrency, and I was kind of late to the party, it was really only 2014 and stuff where I really started looking at it. But then when I discovered um, Ethereum, and you could actually create your own token, that's when it kind of clicked with me, because I'd always just had this idea in the back of my mind about creating commission-free exchange and then when i saw that you could create your own tokens i got the idea that you can you know you could create some kind of trading environment trading ecosystem where if you're just trading in that token you can trade commission-free and you know you can you can make the money that you would have made from transaction fees you can make that by minting a small number of new tokens instead so it was just a different kind of revenue model for running an exchange instead of transaction fees fees on trading, then you just have a small number of tokens minted each year. So that's what got me into cryptocurrency. It was really from a futures trading background, I was always trying to think of a way to get into commission-free trading. And that's that's how I got into it. So you basically, you, you, you kind of saw a vehicle for that pipe dream you've had for so long in the Correct. future in the, in the futures yeah. industry. And yeah. um, when did you start to then 
realized that that was the case, that this is something that I can do. And then started building Digitex. This is what, you know, for those that don't know, this is what Digitex does. This is what it offers. Um, talk about kind of the, the, the creation story for Digitex. Um, it was probably, it was like um, just over 18 months ago, I think. It was just, yeah, about 18 months ago where I really, it really clicked. You know, I just had the thoughts in my head, but then it really clicked. I really started putting a lot of thought and effort into it. I got really excited about the possibilities of it. And so, yeah, it was around 18 months ago where I started writing the white paper and I wrote the, um, I, I programmed the little prototype that I had for the exchange and that it just started when I've showed it to people, it just got a very good reaction. So I thought, you know, maybe this has got some legs and I, I made the website and uh, it just got a very, very good reaction for everyone that I showed it to. And it just went from there. It just took on a life of its own. I was, I was really shocked. It started off as just me with an idea. And by the time we went into the ICO, you know, in the final two weeks before the ICO, we got a quarter of a million people signed up on our wait list, you know, to join the, to the ICO. And then, the ICO started and it sold out in 17 minutes. So it was a complete shock to me, really. I always just felt like it was just me with a little idea and I was, you know, afraid people would laugh at the idea and I put it out, I put it out there and it just went crazy. So that was. So you're really, you're really looking to um, bring in the futures industry on a different type of a change. So that means that like you're, you're offering up a lot of different assets to be, to be traded on your exchange. Is that correct? Yeah, it's just it's just a different revenue model for running an exchange, basically. So instead of, you know, the exchange being it's basically it's always, you know, the exchange versus its users, the stakeholders of an exchange are always going to want to make as much profit as possible from that exchange. That's just the nature yeah, of the state. That's why you kind of shop around for different exchanges. Right. And so it's the nature of the exchange that it's exchange versus user, you know, because the exchange is always trying to milk as much money as it can out of that liquidity pool in the form of commissions. Um, this is just completely different in that this is a different revenue model in that the exchange, it's, the interests of the exchange are kind of aligned with the users because the, the money that the exchange makes comes from the appreciation in value of tokens. You know, if the token's in demand and it's going up in value, then the exchange can make money by minting a small number of new tokens. And so, for that to be the case, the exchange wants the traders to be happy. It doesn't want to be constantly siphoning money out of that liquidity pool in the form of transaction fees. That money stays in there and, you know, more traders are more successful because of that. And because of that, you know, word gets out that it's great that the markets are highly liquid because people don't have commissions to pay. And so demand for the token naturally increases. And, and that's why I say that, you know, the interests of the exchange are aligned with its traders because we all just want the same thing. We all just want the token price to maintain or go up. So it's, it's just really a, just a complete different revenue model for, for an exchange is what it is. Okay. Well, say I'm a, say I'm a trader and I'd like to participate in, in, in trading on your platform. How, like, why do I need uh, DGTX, your token? And how does it, how does it allow me access to the platform? Well, the Digitex token is the base currency of the exchange. So it's, it's compulsory to use on the exchange. So if you want to use the Digitex futures exchange, you have to, the only currency you can use is Digitex tokens. That's what your account balance is denominated in. That's what the, the tick sizes on the markets are, the tick values. So you're making and losing in Digitex tokens. You, you know, your margins are posted in Digitex tokens. And, and the reason we do this is because because now you have to use that Digitex token, it makes use of the Digitex token compulsory. 
So if the exchange is busy, there's going to be 100,000 traders that need to own that token to use the to get the advantage of commission-free trading. And that's going to create demand for the token. That's what allows the exchange to mint a small number of new tokens each year. There is going to be a small inflation rate, but that's got to be offset by the demand from traders. That's that, exactly that's what the, I wanted to get into, actually, was like, how does yeah, the, how does the, like, the total supply there. change over time? Well, over time, there is going to be a small increase in tokens over time. So let's say that say the token is trading at 20 cents or something like that. And the, the exchange has to make, you know, I'm trying to think of some some easy numbers for me to work out here. So say it needs to make 2 million a year, for instance, to cover costs and the, the exchange and the price is at 20 cents, for instance. So it would have to create, how many more tokens is that? Is that 10 million new tokens at 20 cents? Yeah. So it would have to create 10 million new tokens that year. The total supply is a billion. So 10 million new tokens would be a 1% inflation rate. So yes, every Digitex token owner is, their, their tokens are going to be devalued by 1% if we mint these new tokens. But the fact that we've now got a fully funded you know, exchange for the next year that's charging no commissions is going to attract a lot of traders. Now, is the increase in demand from other traders going to offset that 1% inflation rate? I believe it is. I believe as long as the exchange is providing liquid markets with a nice to use interface and everything just works and there's a big community, etc., I believe there's going to be the kind of demand for a token like that that lets you trade futures with no costs whatsoever. I think there's going to be a demand like that that does offset the, you know, one, two, three percent inflation a year that is necessary to fund everything. And is that I'm assuming that's hard coded into the smart contract, is it, or is it something that's controllable by uh, a, a group of people in terms of establishing what that inflation rate is? It's controllable by the people that own Digitex tokens. So there's a smart contract. It's done by a voting mechanism. So when in 2021, when the token issuance starts, because no token issuance even starts until 2021, so we've got time to get that token price up to you know a, a decent level where. You know, if it's 50 cents or 60 cents or a dollar, the amount of tokens we'll have to mint is, is tiny. But the until then, uh, so 2021, the token issuance is going to start and then Digitex owners vote on proposals put in there. And there has to be a majority vote for it to go through. So, for instance, I'll say, right, this year the exchange needs $5 million to fund everything, you know, marketing, operations, support, etc. We need to mint this many new tokens all Digitex token owners vote on that. And if the vote is good, then we do it. If the vote is a no, then we don't do it. And I'm going to have to put another proposal to them. So it's the people who the inflation rate is going to directly affect that are deciding what that inflation rate is. And the reason they would do that, the reason they're going to vote for an inflation rate is simply because, yes, there's going to be, you know, two, 3% devaluation of your tokens. But by doing that, you're funding the exchange for another year, which provides demand for your tokens. So that demand's probably going to offset that two or three percent that we're putting out there. That that's the balance. Basically, it's like a central bank's always deciding between you know inflation and you know interest rates. You know they're always trying to just figure out what's the best way forward so things don't get too crazy one way or the other. That's what Digitex owners will have to be deciding going forwards what inflation rate are they comfortable with to fund the exchange which creates the demand for their tokens 
That's that. That leads me to a few different questions. The first one is, who's your audience? Are you trying to um, capture the cryptocurrency audience to jo join the futures trading, or are you try to bring in kind of the traditional futures industry into into cryptocurrency? I'm. I, I started off thinking it was the crypto crowd, but you know what? I'm thinking. I've been looking at the CFD markets recently. You know, and, and all that. That is huge. You know, the forex players, all the guys that trade traditional futures. You know, all the you know the FTSE 100, all that lot. Um, gold, oil, that, that CFD market is, is massive. There's huge demand for that. And, and those poor CFD traders, they're getting ripped off by those brokers. You know, they, you don't pay commission, but you've always got to be on the wrong side of the spread. You know, that's how they make their money. I'm thinking that whole crowd is going to be interested in this kind of thing because it's basically, you know, let's be honest, it's basically CFD futures that we're going to have on there. But you don't have to always buy or sell at the wrong end of the spread. You can put in whatever price you want. And you're not going against the house. You know, these CFD brokers and these Forex platforms, you're betting against the house. You know, the house doesn't want you to win. They're giving you crap prices. And eventually, over time, you will lose because there's that mechanical edge against you. I think once, once the CFD crowd finds a platform where there is no mechanical edge working against you, where the, the house actually doesn't care if you win or lose, I think there's a lot of money is going to come into crypto just for, you know, just for this kind of thing. Then um, if you bring those people in, then you might have uh, a little bit of friction with them trying to understand the concepts of cryptocurrency and managing those types yeah. of things. Because one yeah. of the things that you offer on your website is a non-custodial account, right? So Digitex isn't holding the funds. Well, a, a smart contract is in some way, shape, or form. And uh -huh. so that's going to be something that people are going to have to kind of get used to. Do you have any things on yeah. how to do that? Um, that, that is, you know, absolutely. That, that's the biggest problem with, with crypto, with all kinds of things is getting normal people into crypto, you know, and, and not making it scary and, you know, just making it easy for them to understand. And, and that is an issue. And we're going to come out with a lot of uh, training materials. We're going to, we, we've got a couple of deals with some of these guys that make all kinds of different training courses. Um, yeah, we're really going to try and bridge that gap. Um, like I say, the crypto crowd's still going to be interested in this because they all love trading and this is going to be commission-free trading. So I think there's just a lot of people naturally going to come into it. You know, we've already got almost a million people on our wait list now waiting for this product to launch. So just the crypto crowd is going to be a good source. But I think, like I say, that CFD market, that whole traditional futures, but the retail traders, the small traders, not the institutions, not the professionals, the retail small traders that really just have some really bad options right now that just can't make money trading because of what the, the, the things that are against them. I think that's a massive, massive audience. And I do think they're ready to be educated. They're not, they're not idiots. You know, I think we can do it. I think we can bring them in. Yeah. Cause that could potentially probably, you know, serve to increase the adoption of cryptocurrency overall. If you right. can bring a large set of the financial industry into um, understanding how to manage uh, an asset or cryptocurrencies with relative to what right, they're currently doing. Right, right. And, and it's not just the commission-free trading that's the, the benefit of it. It's the non-custodial side of it. Because again, the, to do this trading, they've got to send their money into some dodgy Forex broker in you know, Grenada or whatever the hell it is. And you just got to hope you get your money back when you want to withdraw. With ours, once we come out with the non-custodial account balances, then you know, not only are you paying no commissions, but we physically cannot keep your money if you want to withdraw it. You know, we never even hold on to it in the first place. So that, again, is another big appeal for, you know, why someone would make the effort to come into cryptocurrency. If we could offer those two big things, no commissions and we don't hold your balance. I think they're two big reasons why people will make the effort to 
you know, figure out cryptocurrency and, and give it a try. Um, the other question that I had is, um, why will people care about voting? Because I feel like there's a lot of people, I mean, if you have a voting mechanism on chain and it's weighted by the token holders, you then have to then make them care to vote when there's things to vote on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's not. the problem. Yeah, that is the problem with these kinds of mechanisms is apathy. You know, a lot of people just don't bother. Um, that, you know, I guess the people that do bother are the ones that are going to that are gonna matter. Um, a lot of people, it's, it doesn't matter if a lot of people don't vote put it that way. I mean, we're just going to get a vote. It doesn't matter if only 20% of the people vote, at least we'll get a result from those 20 people. I don't think it affects the system too badly. I would prefer it if everybody voted, but it still works if they don't. Mm -hmm. That's good to hear. Um, there's something else that I had for, for a second. I just completely lost my, lost my train of thought. Oh yeah. Uh, you have this massive wait list. Uh, where did that come from? Where's that come from? Well, basically, we've um, just recruited an army of, of kind of internet marketers. Really, we've um, we've got we were offering the, for the first five thousand people that were on our wait list, you get to be the first on the platform when it launches. So, and you could get to the first five thousand. We we created this clever little referral system where if you refer your friends to join the wait list, then you get points for those referrals and you shuffle to the front of the queue. So basically, we got this small army of people that really wanted to be on our, you know, in the first group of people using the platform. They've been sharing the link all over the place with their friends. And it's just a, it's just a clever little mechanism we've created of just encouraging and incentivizing, you know, um, sharing, sharing the list, sharing the wait list with, the, with whoever you can. Well, that's one of the main problems with starting an exchange is bootstrapping the uh, uh, the initial use of it because you need liquidity to have you know people that come and use it. And it's one of those chicken or the egg problems where if people don't use it, then no one's going to come and use it. Right. You don't want tumbleweed. So we've fixed that because we've, we've, we've got the other problem. We've got a baying crowd of people that are just really desperate to get on this, this product. We stalled them a little bit. We were supposed to launch the beta to them on January the 15th. For development reasons, we've stalled that for you know another month or two, and so we just got this this mad crowd of people banging on the door saying, "When's it ready? When's it ready?" Uh, but that's a good problem to have, you know. We've also got some uh, we got we kept back ten percent of the total tokens at ICO time, so hundred million tokens for market makers too. So we've got automated market makers that are going to be market making on all our markets, so that on day one it's not going to be quiet. But we've also got these first 5,000 people on our list that also get 1,000 Digitex tokens free each. So they've got, and they've got to trade those actively to get them out in the same way we copied like the, the poker, you know, those poker rooms where you get a free bonus, but you've got to play so many hands to get it. Yeah. So that's what we've done with those guys. So we're going to have, initially, we're going to have these first 5,000 people all trading like crazy, plus our market makers. And then from there, it's just going to thicken up naturally. But it means that, you know, on day one, it's not going to be tumbleweed. It's going to be a very active exchange. I mean, we've got those million people. I mean, if only, you know, 2% of those guys follow through, you know, on actually opening an account, that's 20,000 people right there. You know, even if they're only trading small, that's, that's a busy exchange. And that's going to attract all kinds of professional traders. Once they see that number of people trading away, you know, most of whom won't be trading very well because that's just the nature of it. Um, it's just going to attract a lot of professional traders. It's going to just bring in a lot more liquidity. You know, liquidity begets liquidity. Yeah. And I think that initial that initial boost that we're giving it is going to attract a lot of interest. 
what are like what are people trading on this platform? It's just, is is it going to be kind of cryptocurrency trading, like the majority of uh, cryptocurrency exchanges out there, or is it just like I'm trying to get a sense of when people come to your platform to do to to, to trade, what will they be trading? Because that makes a well, that massive was, difference. Yeah, well, initially we were just going to have cryptocurrency pairs. It was going to be Bitcoin against the U.S. dollar, Ethereum against the U.S. dollar. But like I say, when I, I the more I looked into the CFD market and the Forex markets and the kind of volumes they do and the kind of numbers of retail, just small retail traders, you know, that, that trade on those platforms, um, I started looking at the markets that they that they offer. And, you know, Forex is a good one. Metals is a good one. You know, gold, oil, all those kinds of things. Indices, single single stock futures is, is popular. You know, people want to trade on Facebook, Apple stocks, things like that. Basically, all those things that people want to trade on. So we were going to start off just as as cryptocurrency futures, but now we're going to, we know now we're doing all these extra markets like gold, oil, you know, stocks, indices, bonds, things like that. The obvious question there is regulation. Um, are there any issues uh, with like traders coming on your platform and and trying to do things? Like, can you can discuss kind of that maybe some of the things you've gone through to make sure that everything's legit the, the big problem with that is always america right it's mm -hmm. always the us you know so we we just got to block all us people you know we don't we don't allow any us people to open an account in the exchange or use the exchange uh we've also got to be careful that we're not we're not letting them get in through a vpn you know so that's really the, the main thing we're doing um everyone else it's really you know we're, we're based in the seychelles so the you know, the regulations there are rather light mm -hmm. regarding this kind of thing. Um, so we're, you know, we're, we're set up there. Like I say, as long as we avoid Americans, that's really the plan. <laughs> <laughs> that's just really what we've got to do. The rest of them, um, you know, the rest of everyone else, we're going to let in. All right. Uh, is there any questions that uh, I, you would have liked that I, I asked, but I didn't get around to asking? um let me think let me think um no i mean you that was that was like a, a a very detailed very um not detailed very thoughtful actually what what the questions you asked there you actually listened to what i was saying and then asked questions regarding that so that was quite nice they weren't just written down and no we don't do canned questions here it's it's basically yeah, yeah, a conversation I, I actually had to think about them and actually give proper answers and they weren't the normal kinds of answers so no i think they were good questions actually well, uh, why don't you tell us kind of where you are now and what what, what users can expect on the on the near near horizon? Right. Well, development's going really well now. We're we're really closing in on the release. We're scheduled to release at the end of quarter one, beginning of quarter two, and we're on time to do that. Um, it's going to be really nice. Uh, we're we're also bringing a couple of things ahead of time as well. We had on our roadmap. Um, we're bringing the mobile app forwards. That's going to be available at the public launch, you know, end of Q1, beginning of Q2. Um, also, the, the public facing API, we're bringing that forwards too. So the you know, the botmeisters can come in that will provide extra liquidity too. So, yes, the, the development's going well now. Like I say, we're on time to do that. The marketing's going really well. We've got thousands of people a day still signing up for the waitlist. You know, once we're live, they won't be signing up for the waitlist. They'll actually be, you know, creating accounts. So if that if that carries on at that rate, and we've got thousands of people a day, and again, just one percent, two percent of them follow through and actually put money in and become active traders, 
we're going to be building up very, very fast. So just trying to get that release date nailed down. Um, I've been traveling around getting uh, different developers on board. We've got um, real, real smart, smart contract guys in Moscow. We've got some other guys, you know, different places. Uh, real solid team now. Um, the marketing that we've been doing is, is really good, but we've, we've kind of just not been able to keep up with that with, with the development. You know, the development's really, if we'd have been able to launch already, this would have been such a different story. You know, we really had momentum going. Our token, if I could just switch on to our token there, our token went from, you know, we ICO'd a year ago at a cent, and we were up to 15 cents by October. You know, it was really only the, the crypto winter that kept pulling us down, you know. If we and that's without us launching the product yet. We we were supposed to launch January fifteenth to the beta crowd. We did delay that slightly, and our token got punished. We went down to like three and a half cents. Now that we're at everyone's so, pretty much been punished this past year, right? Exactly. But we're still even after the punishment, we're still four hundred percent up in the last year. You know, we're only four hundred percent up. Now. <laughs> if, and if we'd have, if it hadn't have been for the crypto winter and or we could have launched launched the product by now. You know, we'd be at 20, 25 cents now. I've got absolutely no doubt about that. So that's where I'm aiming to get back to in a very short period of time. And when we launch this, it's gonna, it's, it's just gonna pop. You know, we've, there's a lot of people being, you know, a little skeptical because of, because of the delay we had. They're saying, oh, it's, you know, it's this, it's that. They're not gonna launch anything, you know, because it's, it's crypto at the end of the day. A lot of people don't believe anything you say about anything. And you can understand that, but, we just got to get this product out there, surprise a few people, and I think that's going to lead to a very healthy pop. Well, good luck to you. Uh, where can people find out more? Uh, sure, just go to our website, digitexfutures.com. Um, you can find our Telegram channel from there. We've got the busiest Telegram channel in the world, or one of the top 10 busiest like, consistently. Um, that's an engagement as well. That's not just users. That's actually people engaging on there. Um, we've got all our social medias blowing up. Um, you'll be able to see, see our blog there at digitexfutures.com. We put out content every single day. Um, you'll find out everything you need to know there. Social, Telegram, everything. All right. Thanks for coming on the show. All right. Thanks, I really appreciate it.